breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now as we beam out from the famous mountaintop studios here in Letterkenny on Highland Radio. This is a roundup of all your weekend's GA action and another packed Weekend's G action, it was, of course. Later on the show, my guests are going to include the one and only Peter Canavan of Tyrone, one of the greats to ever play the game, former Monaghan star Paul Finley, and Donegal News GA correspondent Frank Craig. We're also going to have a special chat with St. Junan's chairman John Harn on what was a record-breaking year for the St. Junan's club. Now, at the weekend, our ladies of the LYIT narrowly lost out in the Minehan Cup final to MT, MTU Cork, 2-11 to 3-10. Tough, tough, tough defeat to take a couple of points just. Our under-17 footballers lost 1-10 to 10 points in Breffney Park against Monaghan in the under-17 league. But there's some good news for our under-20 footballers. Gary McDade's side with a brilliant victory in the Leo uh, Murphy Cup final against Tyrone, 2-10. To 1-6. I know it's early days, but good signs for the under-20s there as they get ready for the championship. Yeah, that's another packed weekend of action in Donegal GA. But of course, the big game of the weekend was the visit of Monaghan to Bala Buffet for the Allianz Division 1 League Clash. Of course, Monaghan relegation haunted Donegal. Not safe yet. I just opened the paper to Frank Craig, who's on the line. Uh, we came to win, was the Banty. Uh, that's Frank Craig is joining us. Of course, Paul Funley on the line, former Monaghan star. Listen, was it as simple as that, uh, Paul? You, you were under pressure. We came to win, as the Banty said. Do you think that was a big tilting point in uh, Monaghan's performance and victory yesterday? I do, Brendan, yeah. I think... Um, you know what was evident yesterday was uh, Monaghan's need being greater than than Donegal's. Um, that said, you know Monaghan didn't have much. You know coming from away from a, a, a dismal performance against Kerry. You know they're heading up to Bally Buffet with Donegal having such a record up there. Um, it certainly didn't bode well. But you know Monaghan's performance been very good. Donegal's probably not been so good. You know culminated in a, in a, in a strong uh, Monaghan victory and yeah, it's, it's certainly a shot in the arm for Monaghan and their you know, hope of, of staying in Division 1. Yeah, all-important Division 1. Frank, uh, just what Paul says there, do, do we f- have this kind of cushion of Bally Buffet feeling going into the match that Monaghan might come with something, but, you know, we would we would have enough in us to beat them? I mean, I know when we've seen the team sheet, you know, top players out, particularly around the middle, you know, you think of Hughie McFadden had, had an illness, of course, Keelan McGonagall's out, Langan's out, I know Murphy was on the bench. Did you have a few fears of it, Kieran Thompson? Obviously, going off injured, then that he mightn't just maybe have enough ingredients around the middle to kind of set up uh, 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 enough of ability to win the game. It's one of those kind of no different coming off from to Tyrone. You know, you're you're probably hoping that that bounces there that they turn the corner. The first real disappointment is that Ocean Gallon doesn't start, and then you know there's a couple of facets to that there. You'd love to see what Ocean's going to offer, you know, and from the very off and what it might do for to have somebody deep lying beside them that's just as, as much a threat so you get to half time at 174 and you, you still don't know if it's time to get worried because Donegal's trend you know, it's been their way this year to kick on in the second half against the Breeze but looking at Monaghan as Banty said it was very very simple good that he was chatting to the media yesterday as well ignoring that GPA directive but they needed a one so they had their homework done on Donegal and it's probably been easy to do homework on Donegal in this league campaign 
I thought, you know, our press and Rory Began's kickouts in the first half, it was so well advised because up until 26 minutes, Jason McGee was probably the only real dominant figure out around that middle third. It's very strange watching from the silence, almost like a, a zonal press where they weren't standing beside their direct markers, Brenton. And, you know, the likes of Woods and Mohan were just walking the opposite direction and hoping that if it was knocked on or broke down in their favour, Donegal's sense of adventure, it left them wide open to direct running. And, and that happened constantly. But again, Michael Murphy coming into it, you hope he might steady it and give it a bit of direction. But I know they got to within two points in the second half, but like I wrote in the paper, it never felt like they were on the verge of turning the tide. It was a deserve of 5.1, and it could have been 8, 9, 10, 11 points because Sean Patton made three brilliant saves throughout. So, I mean, that was the disappointing part for me, that it, that it was more of the same, you know. And, and if we don't highlight this and talk about it, Brendan, you're kind of an emperor's clothes territory. But hmm. I wasn't one of those people that got too excited or too despondent about Killarney or the second half of Mark Spark. Some of them same issues were prevalent again against Tyrone, even on the one, and they're still prevalent there now. So, I mean, make from that there what you will, and, you know, round five of the league. It just puts us under that wee bit of pressure. Dublin looked like they turned a corner. Will we get anything there in Crow Park next week? Hard to see it. Which makes you look towards Larry Kenny then against Armagh, who will have three weeks down the line in Championship. It's not the ideal scenario. Yeah, certainly not. And you're right about the goals. You know, we keep talking about the the, the top teams that are they're winning these games are, are getting at least one goal, if not two, on on their counterparts. And as you said yesterday, only for the brilliance of Patton, particularly the flick that he did. You know, the the the, the one that uh, Conor McManus was waiting the fist in the net. I think Manon should have won the game by more. You know, you know, looking through, mm-hmm. I didn't agree with you, Frank. I, I never felt at any stage that we were going to like boss it the way we did against Tyrone the second half. But Paul, from Manon's perspective, there, you know. I think, you know, they probably were disappointed that opening game, a rusty Tyrone, not not to go and beat them and maybe put a bit of a, a hoodoo to bed with that there. But two home defeats then, you know, to, to, to Mayo and to Kerry. Certainly left us under pressure yesterday. It was quite, I suppose, at times, without those goals even so, you did kind of run the game. You know, brilliant first half. And even in the second half, there was good game management from your lads and you, you targeted our better players. And, and uh, I mean, the performance you'd have to be very happy with overall. Yeah, no, there was a lot of high performance uh, yesterday, Brendan. Um, you know, particularly Rory Began. He, he had a you know really you know off day against Kerry, and you know some very uh, glaring mistakes, and you know highly criticised you know through the media and everything else. So he came back really strong yesterday, and I was delighted to see it. You know, a really strong mental attitude. You know, just loads of confidence in himself and. His kickouts yesterday were on 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 point all day, um, you know, just all over the field. Though Monaghan, you, you could feel that Monaghan obviously needed to win, and you, you know, it was almost you know that was the preparation all week. You know, they were, they were looking for a big performance, and they got it. You know, I received a text from one of the players, and looking back, and it, you know, I could see that there was a bit of confidence in it. You know, they were well prepared, had a strong team out, and you know, were hoping to get something out of the game. So that that's what the way it happened. They really did boss the game from start to finish. Like you know, as you say, you know the goal chances. Any goal chances that were created was Monaghan, and they really should have won the game by more. They have this habit of you know getting into a really good you know position in a match and not being able to close it out. So you were nearly fearing Donegal getting back to two points midway through the second half yesterday. Oh no, are we are we in for the same here again? Especially Donegal at home and everything else. I think they were going to come in for a, a really strong last twenty minutes. But luckily, and you know, 
brilliant from Monaghan. You know, they really did step up and you know got some key scores when they were needed most, and you know that would be pleasing for for Monaghan. I suppose what, what I've been noticing about Monaghan so far in the league, they've had some good performances, but they haven't. Their score ratio hasn't been high enough, and you know I, I'm looking at about a twelve and a half point average so far in the league through five games. You know, and that's not high enough in this division. Like they they got to fifteen points yet, but it should have been more. They should have scored more against Tyrone, didn't do it. They should have you know, possibly had a chances to beat Armagh. Yes, the Mayo and Kerry uh, home defeats, you know, will have hurt, especially the Kerry defeat. You know, a non performance really uh, at home is not acceptable and you know, that that would have you know brought the team in for a lot of questions. But they'd certainly come back yesterday really fighting strong and, you know, showed showed what they're capable of. You know, there's a bit of depth in the squad there as well with some key guys coming on and making a difference. And, you know, that would be pleasing from a Monaghan perspective. And with two games to go, away to Kildare um, next and then home to Dublin, you know, they certainly do have a good chance of, of uh, retaining their status. Yeah, you always like to put put one over in a dubs pod. You might even relegate them. That would go down well. Kildare next week, of course, you talk about the old relegation six-pointer across the water. That's certainly up there for a four-pointer, whoever comes come out of that. That'll be a fascinating encounter. Paul, just touched on something there, you know, about not converting enough chances. Frank, just the example, I suppose, of Kieran Duffy yesterday. Listen, brilliant performance yesterday uh, in terms of Mark and Connor Donald. Man of the match the day before, and I was talking to Greg Hughes earlier today, just about you know how we analyse teams, and you mentioned there, Frank, just about criticisms and different things. I suppose you know we have some players that were making their debuts are new and they're fairly light when you think of likes of Union Doherty and Aaron uh, uh, Doherty and, and fellas like this, and of course missing some of our experienced men round the middle, round the middle. But of course, if you look at Conor O'Donnell, you know targeted yesterday, you know, and of course uh, Duffy himself, the potential man of the match coming forward, kicking a few points, maybe something. Listen, our Donegal defenders need to do when they get in the positions is to, to, to shoot and have a go and be confident in what you're doing. But lots of learning in there for, for, for different players. I think it's hard to kind of look at Donegal now, you know, across the whole team and really analyse it with players missing and, and players looking to find form, players coming back from injuries. There seems to be such a mixture of stuff going on there in terms of, say, having our, our best 15 out on the pitch versus what you were seeing yesterday. The best of people, one thing, but you, know, you make the example like here, Duffy, you get forward and kick a few points. There's no reason in the world why the likes of Owen Van Galler, you know, Araya McHugh, or whatever, Pattern Mosley can't be doing that. But I think it's just the template they're playing in, Brent and Stife on them. And even looking at Patrick McBerthy playing up front in his own, you know, Patrick with his own election, you know, wouldn't have the best of patience. But I can understand why he wouldn't be frustrated because he just doesn't have that oil or help beside him, particularly in the first half. And you're talking about Monin, I mean, Monaghan were direct yesterday. They were at pace. And when I say direct, they were direct and running towards Donegal's goal in a straight line. And they were direct and retreating towards their own goal in a straight line. And they mixed it up. Same as Kerry and Mayo at the weekend. They, they were, weren't afraid to kick it inside if it was on. But Donegal persists with this lateral movement where they're trying to get men off the shoulder and moving across the field when you're breaking out with the ball. Monaghan going back towards their own goal directly in four, five, six seconds. They're resets on. So by the time Donegal gets to the halfway line, Patrick Morgan and Ryan McHugh, no matter how much head of steam they've built up, the avenues aren't there to run into. So Donegal need to look at uh, how they can get men maybe forward, advance, in more direct fashion. Because I think the style we're playing at the minute, I would say if they say, and again, you know, it is league, so let's, let's not get too far ahead of us, but it's four years past the sale, maybe, I think. I think teams have sussed this, this sort of style out and have moved on. And they, 
know, Monaghan's variety yesterday was quite good. The likes of, you know, the Duffies and the, the Mohans and the Woods, you know, the chance to get forward. We have those boys as well, but we need to find a way to unlock how they play. Um, Paul, just what uh, Frank's touched on there, but styles of play in that, and it does seem very, very laboured by a lot of teams. I know you have two Ulster teams coming, a lot at stake in that, and sometimes in the league games will open up a bit, but, you know, it doesn't feel that way anymore. You know, I know Tony Buckley's in there with yourselves and that, and you, you talk about progression of teams and plays and that, you know, it seems so robotic. Now, you know, Paul, you were a very talented player, you know, centre-half forward, you had that wand of a left foot. People pay to watch players like you, you know, come and play uh, in some sort of a position that, that, that you know that allowed your skills to flourish, do you think now that we're really draining the life out of out of the spectacle that that that, that is our, our Gaelic football because it just seems at times they're so set you know it's keep ball keep ball recycle 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 and then as as Frank was saying from a Donegal perspective we're not probably getting our flair players in the right positions then and other players then aren't having a go uh, at the game how do you how do you see it at the minute. Yeah, I'm seeing it just the way everybody else is, and, and you've mentioned it there, and Frank too. You know, it, it is robotic, and you know, but you you look at it, it's countrywide. It's not just the Ulster teams. Like you, you look at Mayo Kerry uh, on Saturday night. You know, and I suppose conditions doesn't lend to, to good football being played either. Like you know, it's horrendous conditions below in Tralee, and you know, even yesterday it was really difficult. There was a wind blowing. It just seems to be in very rough conditions, you know, throughout the league so far, but. The style is the problem, like you know, and it is you know ultra defensive. For, for you know, when teams lose possession, they're getting everybody behind the ball, and that's you know you're talking about that getting set up, and you know, and then it's a case of over and back, and you know, trying to to pick out somebody inside. But before the flair players, like it's it's really, you know, just coming to the end of of my time playing with Monaghan, like you know, the, the whole thing had changed. Like you know, you weren't getting the opportunity to kick the ball in. I remember being freaking lambasted for trying to kick ball in, you know, because that was not the thing to do, you know. And, and <laughs> right enough, like you're yeah. going to lose possession, you know, and yeah. so had had to learn, you know, you know you're going to get dropped here if you keep trying this. So you know, I, I was always trying to pick out lads, and even if they were one on one, or you just fancied a lad to to, to to win a ball over his head or whatever, and you know, to take a take a you know take a shot at his man and fucking take him on, but. I think the things be gone. Maybe when you go on into the championship, you know, when you get into the bigger fields, you know, Co Park certainly there's a wee bit more space. You know, and the weather's that little bit better. Like, but certainly so far in the league, it's it's been a little bit monotonous, and you're looking at the same thing week in, week out. And it's just the teams who are, you know, in better shape this time of year, who are, you know, a wee bit further down the line. There, the teams is coming out with the wins, and you know, the quality players it still does come through. Like I watch Kerry versus Monaghan like and yes Monaghan were playing defensive as were Kerry when they didn't have the ball but the, just the quality of Sean O'Shea you know yeah. Paddy Clifford and, and David Clifford like you know that did shine through and you know they, they eventually broke down Monaghan after a solid 20 minutes for Monaghan but so your, your key players will come through you know even in that sort of tight environment but you know it's certainly not uh, making for great viewing yeah. Paul you're on about the, the end of your career and playing in that Looking at Monaghan there, you know, the, uh, the, the Hugheses and, and the likes of McManus in particular, they, just, they seem to be there forever at this stage and still putting it in. I think there's something special about there's, there, there's probably, I know people talk about the population up there, um, Paul, and how well you do versus kind of uh, maybe yeah. the full resources you have, but there's probably something probably Monaghan has that's very tight around almost a kind of club feel to their county setup. 
There definitely is that feeling. You know, the, the, we, we would all feel that you know anybody that's available to play for Monaghan is certainly in there, and, and that's credit to the management team and to the management team before. We've always had that sort of uh, thing in Monaghan, you know, especially over the last ten or fifteen years. Um, yeah, the, 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 the current generation and the you know the generation I suppose that's coming to to the end of the careers, like in McManus and. The Hughes brothers, you know, Drew Wiley still in there, and um, just hadn't seen much game time. Like, but they are all putting their shoulders to the wheel, trying to keep Monaghan at the top level. And I think it's good. You know, it's really, really good. You know, you're you're, you're blooding a lot of young fellas with those guys in. It's still in the in the system, and it's just helping the overall end end result. And you know, I have been a little bit pessimistic thinking about Monaghan's prospects going into this year. In that, I, I was the same last year. Might have been speaking to you once or twice, you know, that I just felt that these guys are hanging on and we're we're looking for them to go to the well one more time. And here we are again, you know, still relying on Connor, still relying on the Hughes brothers, still relying on, you know, Colin Walsh coming in yesterday. But there is a nice blend of youth coming into that also. So, you know, yeah, yeah you, you just wouldn't be going all out on, on yesterday's victory. But there had been some solid performances. And, yeah, if you feel, I feel if Monaghan can get. You know all of their, their their people, all of their players on the on the field, you know, and ready for championship. They certainly can give it a right tilt again this year. But you know, the, the, it's just not going to go on forever. And and you know that generation of players will come to an end, and there's certainly going to be a huge huge loss. But it is credit to Monaghan and the setup. Yes, a small county, but you know we we certainly do make the best of our resources. And to be fair to all the players, that they, they put their shoulders to the wheels for the county. Yeah, and I suppose while well, coming so close last year with with Tyrone and Madonna won it, you must be thinking, listen, but it's it's inches that that you're away, and I suppose that keeps the boys coming back as well. And Frank, just just from a Donegal perspective, I know yesterday a bit of doom and gloom about it. There was an odd performance in there. Obviously, Patton was 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 brilliant again. You know, I thought Jason McGee, particularly second half. Mm-hmm. I suppose you, you've Michael Murphy back now. Hopefully, stays injury free. Jimmy Brennan got a bit of game time. Hugh McFadden will be back. Hugh McGonagall will be back for the championship. You think you mentioned Osh and Gallon. You've the Donalds, the St. Unans. If we can get it, if we can get a lift from Connor Donald, of course, as well. You know, we've seen we've seen good points from Patter Morgan in the league. Owen Ban and McFadden Ferry, their pace coming out. Like if we get that mix all together, you know we could could see something special uh, from Donegal. I suppose I'm looking for a bit of looking for a bit of goodwill after that uh, performance yesterday, Frank. No, well, again, like I, sometimes I have to slap myself across the face and say, listen, it is league. You know, it's it's never been a it's kind of a perennial question. What does it count for? I always ask former players, and they'll always tell you, boys that have played maybe in the not too distant past, that it doesn't really count for that much if you can stay in Division One. Uh, you know. Flesh out your panel and then get the head down for championship. If you look at an objective, like Shane O'Donnell's coming there, as you mentioned, Connor O'Donnell, Jack McKelvey. I thought Aaron Doherty did brilliant yesterday for a lad that's just been sprung in for his first senior start. He was late. We'll talk about Aaron Doherty over the last few years, and maybe it's taken a wee while longer than we had envisaged, maybe for him to get a Donegal jersey from the very off in the league game, but I think he done very, very well. So that's encouraging. You're talking about four or five players, Brenton, that have come in there. And really hit the ground running. Yeah. If we could just get the rest of our house in order, some of our more experienced players fit, moving a bit better, even the ones that are fit in terms of our, our direction and style of play. Again, we're just going to reserve judgment and see what we do offer against our map. Again, I would take staying in Division One now with the skin of my teeth. How it comes about, will it come about in Dublin next weekend? Will the results work in our favour anyway? We, we might even need a one, a draw, might see us through. Let's get the head down and see how we get on in championship. But just the legally injuries that you're picking up from Kieran Thompson, very important player that can yeah. kick points, you know, from outside that scoring zone or in the 
very edgy, but he's a big man around the middle too. You're just looking at the likes of Keelan McGonagall, Michael Langan, being missing. The big plus is Jason Lee has come in there. I thought he's been fantastic. You know, and he's probably only got that game time because I think Kieran Thompson got injured against the O.A. for 10 minutes. He's been ever present since. There's only been one game. Brent Lee hasn't scored from around the middle. He made a very interesting point to me during the week in the paper that you kind of almost have to earn the right to take on responsibility. And he said that point that he kicked against Tyrone, which was outside that so-called scoring zone, he wouldn't have done that or took it on off the bench because if you're in off the bench, you don't want to make a mistake that not only puts you back on the bench the next day, but maybe puts you further down the pecking order. The base is well fit to do that there. You know, he can break lines and he, in the same sort of style as Michael Langan, he's very capable for a big man. So on the whole, regardless of how we've played or how many points we're picking up, Beckham's probably taken off a lot of good box insofar as new players have come in. But established boys like Jason McGee and even 28 or 29-year-old Keenan Ward have staked to claim. Brett McCall's been brilliant. So we just need a bit of luck in terms of victories. And the hope is that there's a game plan there being well kept on the Baps and Conway that, that will roll out, you know, come our mile. Good man, Frank Craig. Of course, you mentioned, of course, <coughs> Keelan Ward there, uh, Player of the Year, uh, picked up a Seamus McGeady Player of the Year award as well. Union's Player of the Year, having a great season, and I just mentioned that to him the last night. He's been waiting a long time, and his chance with Donegal. He's taken it with both hands. Um, Paul, listen, thanks so much for joining us, Paul. Listen, just want to say, as a, as a, as a Donegal man, you have a lot of fans down here. You always conducted yourself the best in the pitch, even with that intense rivalry we had at times. So you, you, you always conducted yourself the best, and you were, you, you were a joy to watch. And, and, and thanks so much for joining us uh, this evening on the DL debate. Uh, thanks very much, Brendan. Uh, a lot, lot of great friends from, from Donegal and playing at college and Sligo and etc. So, uh, on memories of playing and uh, lots of good friends as well including yourself so look thanks a million yeah Paul Finley there uh, now I'm going to look across the leagues and particularly to our neighbours in Tyrone and they had uh, an interesting encounter with Dublin yesterday relegation haunted Dublin Dublin finally turning the tables on them uh, with a victory in Healy Park yesterday and a I suppose an unfortunate sending off uh, for Hampsey. Um, a big victory for Dublin, setting them up for maybe a Houdini escape. Of course, we've got them up next in the uh, Allianz League next Sunday in Crow Park. And now we're going to speak to the one and only Peter Canavan to get his views on that match. And of course, he was down visiting us in Letterkenny on Friday night at the Union's Dinner Dance. How are you this evening, Peter? Not too bad. All good, Brent. Thank God. Good, good lad. Good lad. Peter, uh, first of all, uh, I would just like to say on behalf of the club and that you were down on Friday night at our, at our dinner dance. It was, it was an honour to have you down there. I hope you, hope you had a good evening. Oh, it was a great evening. And then uh, went on to the early hours, um, Brent, uh, as you'd imagine. But, a lot of sense uh, Very talked. good night. A lot of sense talked, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a lot of sense, but... Uh, uh, there, look, there's a great atmosphere. What, what a what a night and, and what a year 2021 was for for St. Unions. There was a lot of silverware on show, be it the ladies' football, the hurlers, and of course the the men's uh, teams. And uh, there was a lot, lot of energy about the night. Um, and I must say, the club uh, are in a very strong position. They have a young chairman there, and John Harn. They have a very young president, and and Ali Harvey. And, and Rory Kavna, they have a great leader there as well over uh, a team that again are very young uh, and uh, serious potential. So 
Larry Kianich and Eunice definitely on the way up and they'll be about for a few years to come I would think yeah let's hope, let's hope so Peter funny I was, I was out of my sister's house last night and she, was, she asked me she says have you water bed in the house uh, I think that yarn that you told must have spun around somewhere. <laughs> I was laughing. I said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not at that stage yet. But, uh, Peter, just thinking about life now, you know, you're, you're teaching, you do your media work, your family, obviously. Uh, you must get a lot of calls to go. How, how do you kind of manage it? Or, or does, does the good lady Fanula say, right, right, you can go there or, or we'll go there? How, how do you manage that? You must get a lot of requests for, for things like uh, Friday night. Uh, yes, you do from, from time to time. But, uh, Generally, I'm good at getting out of these uh, these functions. <laughs> but again, when there's people when there's people uh, that's asking you that, I know I would know John Horn from from quite a few years ago. He's got connections in Eagle Care, and he's got connections in Throne. He's married to a Throne woman, but he went to he went to St Mary's um, up in up in Belfast. So, you know, when when uh, somebody if John's stand asks you to, to go, you don't you don't refuse. Um, so look, look, it's uh, generally you're you're very well received, and uh, it's an honour, especially well, you know, with the club buffs and union stature, and after being so successful, you know, uh, it's an honour to be asked to to speak at these functions, and I was delighted to do so. Yeah, and Peter, listen, you you done everything in the game, you know, you analyse a lot of the game. It's always great to see you and uh, your work in Sky and 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 your input in there. You obviously have a good thought on it. You've you've managed now. Different levels, of course, to, to in all Ireland underage as, as well at, at Tyrone. The game itself now, like I joked with you last night about if you're playing now, you might be an attacking half back. Is, is do you think that the robotic nature of the game? You know, we see it in a lot of the games yesterday. Even you know the game down in Killarney and Paul Finley was on yesterday uh, or certainly Paul Finley was on uh, earlier. It's just talking about the conditions. I suppose has a part to play in it, and what we're seeing at the weekend it was stormy. But do you see a, a real level of maybe overcoaching of our players that it's it's gone real, really tactical, it's kind of sucking the life out of maybe the natural abilities of certain players to come through? Well, I know this is a bugbear of your own brand, but um, you're you're right. Unfortunately, you're right. But uh, there's a number of points to to consider when when you're talking about the state of our game and. There is a danger, uh, and it's too easy for coaches or too easy for some managers to make sure that the game is dreadful. And, and you, there's nothing to stop you from playing in that manner, from letting teams win a kick out, from getting 15 men inside your 45. And for a spectator, from a neutral point of view, it's a dreadful game. It's a dreadful game to watch, uh, and it doesn't do much to inspire the use. So, so th- there does need to be some tinkering when it comes to a major rule change about keeping so many players maybe in the opponent's half. Uh, the second point you made, uh, I agree totally, and I think it's something that the GA is going to look at. You talked about the weekend being being poor weather conditions. What what weekend hasn't been? For this, you know, for the National League, I think that's that's round five. There are five games played, and I'm just thinking of being at the throne games. Each one of them was played in dreadful conditions. Yeah. One as bad as the other. So is that conducive to to good football? Absolutely not. And if you look at Division One um, over the weekend, I think there was only three goals scored over the four, and, and, and these are the top teams that's playing, and all all the winning teams in, in Division One. Uh, didn't have any more than 13 scores. In fact, each of them, that's all they had was 13 scores. Dublin had 13 points, and, and Monon, Armagh, and Kerry all scored 112. So, 
and this is a brilliant the, the National League is really competitive it's a brilliant competition so I, I do think that the GAA are going to have to look at maybe putting it back a few weeks and also shot of that is that you'll have the championship played in mid August maybe the end of August which a lot of people are, are, are saying we need to have anyway so uh, it's definitely something that that, that needs to be looked at because our, our games at the minute we're, we're underselling ourselves when it comes to the promotion of our games. Yeah, that said, Peter, you know, we have a fascinating Ulster Championship to, to come. You know, the Derry men are on the way back, your friends in Derry are, are finally, Peter, coming back to, to, to a team that can, can compete. You know, the Armagh lads are, are on the rise again. You know, you're obviously All Ireland champions. Were there? Monaghan ran you so close last year. You know, it's National League, as you said, weather and all that. I think because of an absolute, maybe one of the greatest Ulster championships potentially uh, uh, in history coming down the line. Because for years there, obviously, it's been dominated by a couple of teams. But even the teams outside of that, you know, will think on their day. You know, your anthems, Cavan, Downs, Fermanagh, whoever will think they'll have a crack at the other teams. I think we still, you yeah. know, we, we we could once the summer hits, uh, uh, Peter, it could turn into a, a, a brilliant championship. Absolutely, and, and uh, Ulster is always tough, um, as you well know. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right that there are teams heading in the right direction. Um, Armagh are sitting joint second in in Division One. They have played some great football, and they're a real young team, and they're definitely getting better. And Derry something similar. Bear in mind they are playing in, in Division Two, but there's no doubt about it. I still think that um, they're second to Galway. I think at the minute, but I would expect them to get promoted. And as you say, there is other teams who are always there or thereabouts. Monaghan are still uh, the the main leaders. The McManuses and the Darren Hughes, Rory Beggins, they're still very much there. And Bonty's bringing in one or two younger players as well. So. You know, for a few years, you're always saying there as well. It's either Throne or Donegal, one or the other. Now, absolutely, it's it's wide open, and it wouldn't surprise you one of five or six teams will win Ulster. But even f- further afield, you go on to All Ireland. I think there's a levelling out of, of teams there. So Dublin have definitely come down a notch or two. Uh, bear in mind that they're still going to be there thereabouts. But I, I don't think there's the fear factor there as there once was. Um, so you've Kerry, Mayo, Galway's coming. Um, the teams in Ulster w- wouldn't fear playing any of those teams. So look, at, at least for a really exciting uh, championship come the come the summer. And uh, P- Peter, in your own men, um, you know, t- obviously after winning All Ireland, coming back, c- coming a bit late, ended if you like. You seen rustiness with them. It's funny that day I was in up in the Athletic Grounds there. You know, Armagh completely bossed them first half, but the second half you kind of seen that metal and that. What was that? But uh, the the champions of Tyrone kind of coming forward, really putting the pressure back on Armagh. It's been a bit mixed since, and if you look at it now, it's sitting on three points. You know, you've got you've got Mayo and then and then Kerry away. Two encounters that they might have to win to stay up. But the pressure's on there now, Peter. It's not, it's not looking good from a Tyrone perspective because even the the three points we did get, you know, Kildare felt aggrieved coming out of Oman that they left without anything. They had chances to win it. Certainly, Monon at the very end of the game. Um, in Oma and Healy Park that they had a chance to uh, to win it Rory Began went short so we're sitting with three points and, and <laughs> you're maybe lucky to have three points so the point you made we're playing in fits and starts Armagh bossed us in the first half Dublin bossed us yesterday in the first half um, Donegal it was the second half where they were in total control so we're playing in, in fits and starts and at this level of football it's, it's, it's not good enough and not only do they have to beat 
Mayo. Like five points mightn't even keep you up in Division One. Yeah. So you're talking beating Mayo at home and having to go to Killarney to try and get at least a point from yeah. from Kerry. So they're not they're not in a good position. And you've Dublin on two points, but you'd expect Dublin to win the remaining games. They they were moving really well yesterday, and you'd expect that they've turned the corner and um, thrown in Kildare at the minute. Certainly, it doesn't look good for them. Yeah, Dublin too much class, but you're always waiting for this turn to come, you know, a few players back and the experience of class is still there. Listen, Donegal's up there this week, you know, um, Donegal still need, they're not guaranteed yet, I suppose, sitting on five feet or so. Donegal might look to get try and get something from that game, it might be difficult, but it's a challenge that's there. And and I suppose looking around at the other sides down there, I suppose Dublin then have to go to Monaghan. Now Monaghan have often, they could be desperate for points too. Somebody, some of his Ulster lads could could do you as a favour and keep you up. Would it be a massive thing, Peter, if you, if, if you went down? Um, well, it, it wasn't for, for Mayo. Um, they, they went down and... Look, I think most people say it at, at the start of the year that we kind of fancied Kildare um, to, to go down. Maybe that they would struggle to, to, to stay up. So there's always going to be one strong team, perceived strong team, going down as well. So um, it wouldn't be the, the end of the world. But at the same time, it's Division One's where you want to be and, and where young players are going to learn the most about you know playing again uh, quality sides. And... It's a brilliant. Always said the National League games are, are fantastic, and after five games, there's only two games left, and there's five teams can make it to the final. You know the National League final, but there's five teams also can be you know you know two of five teams that can be relegated. So it's it's fascinating. But you're right if it's, if it's taken the right way, and and uh, you know playing in Division Two, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. But certainly after winning in All Ireland and bringing in younger players. You certainly would be expecting thrown to 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 maintain their Division One status. Yeah, good man, Peter. And Peter, just uh, finally, what what about Dara after the game yesterday? I know you're you're in the media. He was was he was he keeping quiet or was he talking to you? Or where, where was it in the in the Canavan household last night? Uh, he was quiet enough to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was. Um, I think he, like a number of them, were just disappointed that we didn't give them that we didn't give them a game. The game yeah. was. And many people it was a surprising over, performance. Yeah, yeah. Was over at half time, yeah. and um, the the sending off certainly didn't help. We made a bit of a rally in, in the second half, but um, it, it it wasn't to be. So no, there, there wasn't a pile of chat out of him last night, Brent. Yeah, yeah. Hampsey, of course, a key man. Hey, and uh, that's a, a big blow. I suppose with a black card first for him being off. I suppose for that period, uh, Peter of of the half. I suppose it needed to be maybe a bit more tactical from 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 your lads in the first half to kind of not to go on with such a such a big lead against you. Exactly. Even if we went in four or five down at half time, wouldn't have been such a bad result. But they had us. They had us really quick. Um, and the thing about them, and you could hear their their sideline shouting different times, pace. That they they wanted to bring pace to the game, maybe something that they hadn't in, in previous games. And every time they won the ball in defence, they weren't hanging about with it. They weren't happy just to be keeping possession. They really wanted to, to hurt throne and, and go at them, and, and, and they did that. And as you say, they have a couple of big men to come back. James McCarthy got a bit of game time yesterday, and again, he, he looked really fresh. He yeah. looked every time he got it, he was moving really well, wanted to go forward. And uh, you get con back into that yes. full forward line yeah. and uh, don't 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 definitely don't be ruling Dublin out of uh, winning all Ireland this summer.
Yeah, good, good, good man, Peter. Peter, just just looking at hopefully now you you, you just hold on and stay up, and the other the other Ulster teams and and Derry make it up. You know, I was, I was saying this, Colin Parkinson and threw it back at me and said, "Listen, two years could get relegated, and maybe Derry won't get up, and you only have two teams in the, in the top flight." He put the other scenario on me there the last time we we spoke, but hopefully that happens uh, next year. That the five Ulster teams will be up in Division One. Be great to see. Well, you just remain parky there that uh, at the minute it's the two Lancer teams that are propping up Division 1 and if Dublin and Kildare were relegated, we wouldn't have anybody next year <laughs> in Division uh, That's in another Division scenario, good man, Peter. <laughs> so uh, he just wouldn't need to be counting his chickens yet. <laughs> First class. I must remember that now when I'm speaking to him again. Peter, listen, as ever, th- thanks so much on behalf of the club as well. Thanks for coming down Friday night and we'll catch up with you as the season goes on. Cheers, Brendan. You, you were an able replacement for, for Charlie Connell. <laughs> Charlie was sorely missed now on, on Friday night, but yeah. you, you, you stood in now and, and you managed to pull it off very well. Uh, you have to step up for the club, you know, so what could you do? Listen, no bother. Listen, Peter, it was great, great having you, great having the crack with you. And again, thanks for joining us here in the DL debate. Cheers, Brendan. Good man. Yep, Peter Canavan there, the one and only. Always great to catch up with him and say it was a, an honour to have him down at the dinner dance on Friday night and now finally from that dinner dance we're going to catch up with the one and only John Jazz Harn 24 hour chairman I call him because he's he's always there and as everybody in the county knows he puts in some time to that club and uh, just going to get his views on what was an historic night uh, at the Union's dinner dance in the Mount Eregel on Friday night John's up here now on the line Hello Ben, how are you? I'm the very best, John. Very best. Thanks for joining us, sir. How's the how's the voice? You recover from uh, Friday night? I uh, just about getting over Ben, getting old. Now, so it takes, <laughs> Tell takes me about than, lo- longer than when we, when we used to be young uh, and at ourselves. We would the party for the whole weekend, one uh, night. Now you 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 were still recovering on Monday morning yeah. from a Friday night. But I know it was great to be back out and big crowd and celebrating again it's great just after the Covid and everything Brian, you know back to a wee bit of normality at least uh, John listen it was a phenomenal night but well done you for, for organising and funny I just had Peter Kahneman on previous year and I, I said to him how does he manage because he must get a lot of requests to come to dinner dances and that but he said it was, it was yourself that, that called him that that made that happen because of his uh, relationship with you. and it was an honour to have him there and of course uh, Kieran uh, McLaughlin of the um, uh, Ulster Council uh, uh, president, you know, um, John, uh, five championships, um, you know, a, a phenomenal atmosphere out there. Uh, Terry at the Mount Eregel looking, looking unreal. Um, it, it was it was a dinner dance that I, I, I never seen the like of before. No, well that was it. Ben, no, it was great, and it was great to get Peter there. You know, there's a bit of rivalry there between Tyrone and Donegal, but listen. From my experience, the Gales and Tyrone are second to none. When you're selling tickets or anything, they're brilliant. And like Peter Callaghan is up there with one of the greatest players ever. So to have Peter there, you know, it was a great honour. And Kieran McLaughlin from from the Ulster Council as president, a good Strabad man just over the road, you know. So it was great. But no, a brilliant, brilliant night. And, you know, we were a wee bit sceptical with COVID and that. Who would, you know, how many people would be there? Because it's not easy. You know, there is an older generation that are still a wee bit sceptical. But when we had so many teams there and, and all the teams there with their partners and parents and that with a massive turnout and it was just uh, the energy was great Ben you know the energy as soon as you landed the Mount Eregel at half six or seven o'clock on Friday you know just brilliant you could just feel it straight away that everyone was in good form delighted to be there and so many teams and so much silverware and just a great night for the club you know you have to when we put in all the work Ben no matter what club it is you know whether you win something or not it is nice to you know acknowledge it at the end of the year and to say thank you to all the people and the 
you know, present people that won prizes, be it player of the year or, you know, appreciation awards and the people in the background that do all the hard work. So uh, just great to see everyone there. And as I said, you said there, Terry and the Mount Eagle, uh, top notch as always. And, you know, I have to thank Eardham McGowan, or PRO, who, you know, just took it to a different level, getting everything together. And his brother, Owen, helped him with the, you know, the PR and the video stuff and ABC and yourself as the MC. And, you know, a lot of people behind the scenes put in the big effort to, you know, to, to, to make it, uh, Making a great night, so that's just just brilliant, Brendan. You know, we had a we had a massive year. Great to have success. You never know what any year whether you're going to have success, and sometimes it's very small margins, Brendan. Between you know the old saying, between a kick up the backside or a pat in the back, and lucky enough this year we were on the right side of a lot of them pat in the back. So small margins, but it just it just makes makes it all you know makes it easier to go back at it again and ask people to train teams and ask people to get involved when you when you have a wee bit of success. It, it always makes it that wee bit easier. Yeah, aye. And you know, we aspects of the night too, I suppose, brilliant, you know, President Ali Harvey up there, he spoke, spoke so emotionally, uh, uh, with so much emotion as well. Of course, Charlie, his dad there, uh, you know, Hall of Fame uh, winner, Charlie Mulgrew, of course, got, got up and made a great speech. It just felt like the the whole night had such a good will around it, you know, everywhere you went. Uh, John, you know, if you go to dinner dancer sometimes it can be a bit flat. And I know, I obviously, there was massive amount of silverware there, but there was also, a, maybe pre, post-COVID and that too, there, there was a great feeling out there of, of everybody coming together and, and enjoying the night. And, of course, with so much success. Exactly, no. and Ollie Harvey, you know, struck a chord with a lot of people. I know Ollie, as I said to Peter Callum, he must be the youngest president in, in the country. Ollie, I don't even know if he is forty yet, but you know the amount of work that Ollie does for the club. But he, Ollie, you know, he's young, but the more that are said, you know, he's been around a long time. He's been red with St. Junan's, going to St. Junan's games as a child, and he, he's part of the club. But he, he, the club means a lot to him, and it means a lot to a whole lot of us. And as Ollie said, it was a great privilege for him to make the presentation to Charlie McGrew, who's who was his childhood hero growing up. I'm great for Charlie to, to get recognition, you know, after all his years of success and his years of commitment to St. Junans. It's nice to honour Charlie, you know, because he's been one of our greats on the whole way back to 1982 and that first Donegal team that won in All-Ireland in the 21s and 83 and, and Ulster, Donegal team that won Ulster and Charlie won championships in 97, 83, 97, 99, managers in night. In 2001, Ben, when me and you were there, we played with Charlie and he managed us and then his success with Fermanagh. And on into it, like, and sums up Charlie McGrew to me, Ben, you know, uh, I think Jeremy McGinley was chairman of the minor board last year and he met Charlie outside Max Mason. and he said, Charlie, you know, our minor team are struggling for a trainer, they have a manager, but they want to get someone in to train them, would you help? And you know, when you ask people nowadays, Ben, will they help? They say, oh, I'll have to think about it, I'll have a lot on and I'll come back to you. Terry McGrew just said to Jared, that's no problem, Jared, I'll do that. You know, yeah. just like that there. Didn't yeah. didn't know the players, didn't know the manager, but he said, no bother, he'll get involved again and help us. That sums up Charlie brilliantly, you know, and Charlie made a very good speech too. And I thought, <laughs> and we all know Charlie made a very, very good speech, and he said, which, you know, maybe resonates with a lot of clubs. You might fall out with people in the club over picking teams or what you should do, but you should never fall out with the club. Yeah. You know, the club is always the club. The club will be there. When we're gone and other people are gone, you know, you might fall out with people over picking teams or, you know, tickets for a match or you were yeah. overlooked or whatever it yeah. might be, small things, but never why fall out my, with the club. Why isn't my wee Johnny playing? <laughs> exactly, no, never fall out with the club. The club is yeah. bigger than us all. The club will always be there, be it St. Jones or Gidor or Glenties or Neve Collins, whatever it is, the club is the club and we're all GA people at the end of the day and 
that that's the message that you know we we all have to try and keep in mind. You know, <coughs> and keep pushing the thing forward. Yeah, funny, John. I've I've seen that for years. Not just with clubs, with counties. Certain managers coming in and people maybe having a fallout and not playing. Like I always think, this and your duty is first to play the club and, and your county. It doesn't matter who's yeah. in there. If you don't get on them, they're falling out. You don't like step away from it. You just put the head down and put the shoulder exactly. to the wheel because exactly. listen, your playing time is going to be short. There's no point in. And and missing time, uh, John. I was just looking at um, Larry McCarthy, who's GA president. Was at the was at the game yesterday. We we, we nearly pulled him on Friday night. We didn't know he was uh, heading for Donegal. That's about Brendan, but yeah. uh, I think with yourself and Kevin, <laughs> well covered. Came along, we were well covered. Uh, uh, stars there without Larry, but not really was about. That. John, you know, just just on the on the club, you know, when you you look at silverware and, and different teams, and you know, a lot of people looking at St. Unions now in terms of you know the club itself, facilities, a lot of great things happening out there, and listen, that's due to a lot of work that's been put in. But you have to know too, John Unions' place in football and hurling and all matters GA in, in in the county. It's not just a picture a club that's sitting out there saying, "Here we're doing well." You know, and that's that's we're just going to hold on to titles and we're going to keep progressing. The union's set up, but I suppose it's place in the town, and particularly you know honouring like our top games, county finals. If you look at it, you know, obviously it's ability to take games, and, and our county finals obviously often go into you know times of year when it's tough. But the the union's park in terms of definitely the home of hurling, and of course there's a county game there as well. But it's ability to to host all these matches, it's a cracking venue. And I suppose it's given something to the whole county, not just to to Letterkenny. Well, that's it, Brendan. And we would have made that point with our last two house draws when we were going around the county and around businesses and trying to sell on the pound tickets. Like it's not easy, but we would always like to feel that that we're very accommodating to other clubs where you can, Brendan. Like, you know, there is massive. Uh, pressure on pitches, exactly. But like for underage games, like if there was an under twelve division three final between two clubs from either side of the county, like we would like to think that we could facilitate them and a drawback if at all possible. Like Big Benson and Andy, they're looking after the pitch, Connie McGuire. You know, ladies' games, hurling games, whatever it is, we do our best. When we get the junior final in other years, we always get the intermediate county final. We, as you say, we have the home of hurling now, the county final. It was great to see. You know that when St. Junior's got to the county final this year, that it wasn't moved out of O'Donnell Park because no matter, you know, when McCool's seniors were in county senior football finals, the game wasn't moved out of McCool Park and no one made an issue of it, you know. Mm. So it's good to see that. But yeah, we, we try to look after everyone, Brendan, because it's important because you have to give a wee bit back. Like we're, you know, clubs are always trying to push and sell tickets and get money here and there, but you have to give a wee bit back too. And we would think, you know, that, that we're always very good at that. Like at the start of COVID, we we straight out of the traps off in O'Donnell Park at the test centre we had that going for six months like and that you know uh, as, I, as someone said to me goodwill doesn't pay any bills but you know goodwill is always there and we got a lot of goodwill from doing that for six months you know, we got we weren't charging the HSE we weren't charging anyone for anything we had a lot of our own volunteers standing out there coordinating things at, at the start of the COVID when no one knew how serious it was going to be and people were afraid but we you know we, we stepped up there and uh you know, we're always trying to be as much as we can at, at the at the forefront of helping out the community and doing things like even now for St Patrick's Day we're going to be in the St Patrick's Day parade. But another man, Ollie Harvey, there must come along. Like, like always, organise a disco now afterwards out in the park for the children because a lot of parents were saying, you know, it's a long day and there's not to do after the parade. So we have a disco there out there now in the clubhouse for for the children after the St Patrick's Day parade and Fergus McGee. 
from the culture side of things is organising about Irish music and storytelling that upstairs for the adults. You know, so you're always trying to reach out then to the community and get more people involved in the club and it's not always about football, you know, there's score and there's the Irish language and there's all them very important mm. parts of the parts of the GA that we have to, you know, keep pushing as well. Yeah, good man, good man. So, listen, I haven't seen you on the dance floor there. If there's a disco on, maybe you could show a few of the kids the moves you were doing on Friday night in the Mount Ergel. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but people ask me what kind of night now. I said, well, if someone up like this, the crowd was going to like PK the DJ when he was pulling <laughs> the plug on. When he was pulling the plug on the music at three o'clock, so that, that's always a good thing. PK, yeah. But people are mad because he's after 3 o'clock. That's a compliment to PK, yeah. He was, he was rocking the joint, I know, bored him. No, no. Uh, uh, John, first class, listen, I introduced you as, as 24 hour chairman, uh, John Harden, there on Friday night, John, because you put on a massive bit of work yourself. And listen, uh, uh, we, can't, we couldn't imagine being out at the Dolan Park now without you being there. You're, you're part and parcel with it, and you put on some, you put on a massive time in the club uh, yourself. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. I'm just, uh, I'm maybe the. The face of the, I'm not even the face of the club, but listen, there's a, there's a team of volunteers there behind us, so it's great. And you just, when you're there, Ben, I'm only there for a short while. I just, you want to make your mark and keep pushing the things forward because there's brilliant chairman before me. And hopefully, when it, my time's up in a couple of years, someone else will come on and then with new ideas and fresh ideas and push it. And that's what clubs need, Ben. You know, as I, we said that at the start, we're only, uh, we're only here for a short while and, you know, you have to keep pushing the club and the club will be there when, when I'm long gone and hopefully my children and grandchildren or whoever comes on afterwards will, you know they'll have a better place than what we have been you know and that's all you're trying to do is keep the thing going forward you know yeah good man great club man you're John listen thanks so much for joining us this right, evening on the DL debate thanks Ben Jack see you soon right. see you soon yeah, John Harn there, fair play to him, what a year it was for St Eunans, I want to thank him for joining us this evening on the DL Debate, of course previous to him, Peter Kenneman on the line, and we also spoke with Paul Finley and Frank Craig. That's it for this evening in the DL Debate, I'll speak to you all next week. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen.